Hello, and welcome to Unlicensed Therapy with me, Ari Manis, your host. This week was a pretty good week. I worked on my new van, my 4350 high-top conversion van that I'm converting to a camper. I was on the King and the Sting podcast with Theovana Brendan Schaub. I was in the Culture Corner. That is going to be released tomorrow, so check that out if you don't already listen to that podcast. And also, of course, today's podcast, my podcast, I had some pretty badass guests, Tom Arnold and Sasha Boggs. They just started a podcast called Two in the Bush. So if you like the episode, make sure to check out their podcast. A little disclaimer for today's episode, we get political. Tom has a passionate thought process about America and Donald Trump and all the issues. So If you don't like that sort of thing, you might not like the episode, but I think you will. I'd say give it a shot. This was the very first guest that my parents knew who he was. My mom had questions for Tom. I didn't ask any of them because they were invasive and personal, but it was cool that she had them. So that was exciting. I thank Tom and Sasha for coming in and doing the podcast. If you're not familiar with them for whatever reason, here is a clip.
That was the latest clip from Tom Arnold and Sasha Boggs. And now you can enjoy the episode. Two in the bush. That's an expression of some sort, right? It is. What's that expression, man? One in the hand is worth more than... If you lead a horse to water, something... What's that mean to you guys? (laughs) What's the significance there with that title? (laughs) Tom hates it. Um, (laughs) He's like, I hate it, but fuck it, I'll use that as title anyway. The idea was, uh, I guess what we were really... It's her idea. And I thought, well, I guess that's something... I guess it might make people smile because they're thinking of Bush. Yeah, that's what I really I wanted to put it. Bu- the, the first name was bu- the Bulldog and the Bitch, which... That, that makes no sense. So that, <laughs> no, I wasn't kidding. Yeah, like I just a, said it can't be. I can't, that sounds inappropriate. Oh, you yeah, loved I don't, it. I mean, I just wanted the bitch part I didn't like. And, well, who's um, the Bulldog and who's the Bitch, though? Well, I just, it's just obviously... Uh, you're the bitch. <laughs> you didn't like the bitch part, but you liked the bush part because it reminded you. Well, of no, it's got to be. It's got to be subconscious. It's got to be like in the back here. You know, if you're gonna, because bush is funny when you think of bush. It's got to be in the back here. I can't be right on the head. Like, got it, got it. I look like a bulldog, and you, you know, you're a bitch. Yeah. Like it can't be so obvious. You know, and if and everybody's like, well, it's a female dog is a bitch. Maybe that's it. That you, no, but you know, it's too on the head, and. and uh, Whereas I Bush, see what you're saying. yeah, it's got to be a little. Everybody's two got in the bush. bush. You could say in front of a kid. Right, right. Two in the bush, and also, you don't just jump to two, two in the bush. Uh, the generous thumb up the ass, because that, that's what, you know, I would think. That's what I would think. But people aren't like me always. It's me. My kids are living here. She moves in. That is, anything has to be authentic. The podcast is. We do that in the back house mm-hmm. while this is going on. It has to be real. We have to. You know, I heard, I knew she had done a podcast, and I and she said that These I days you're not it. a comedian unless you have a podcast. <laughs> well, I know, but I didn't yeah. even know how to. She, I knew she kind of knew how to do it. I go, why don't we do a podcast in the back there? You're and going see through what my happens. Instagram. I and you think found it's it. a testament to your work ethic too, Tom, because you're successful man you've got i imagine you have plenty of money you're not worried about no that. i don't i absolutely don't you know i've been divorced four times you know i i uh, <laughs> you know everybody's struggling in this you know uh, listen you could always be doing better but i imagine if you wanted to you don't need to work anymore oh and no i do you do i do okay. sure well, i do you know and uh, and I enjoy working. I think yeah. it's a good thing to do. <laughs> I think doing the podcast is fun. Well, I, you've always, I don't know you, but you've always struck me just watching you on TV, interviews, everything you do. It seems like you really enjoy working. You constantly want to be working. Mm-hmm. You do all sorts of projects, whether they're good or bad. And I think that's just because well, you I like th- doing stuff. Well, I worked at the kill floor of a meat packing plant for three years. Here we go. To save money for college. 
and I grew up with no, I never got allowance. We don't do, our dad, you know, there's seven kids in our family. And this is in Iowa. Yeah. So there wasn't like, oh, you're going to be a star. You're going to be, there's it, nobody, I would never have even thought you could get your way. Nobody paid for your college. Nobody, you just, it. it's not because my dad was an asshole. It's because we did, you just didn't do it. If you want to go to college, you better save your money and then go. And, and it's not because he didn't, think I was smart or he's like that's just how you have to do it and right, I really wanted to it. go yeah. I wanted to go to the University of Iowa because they had an open mic night at the student union because I wanted to be a stand up comedian because I wanted to be on TV once and I thought well people people, if I'm a stand up comedian on TV once people in my hometown will be forced to like me probably <laughs> and, true which is not well back then but, but it's, but it's not they still no. they still don't many like of them have, they still don't turns but out you have to open a diner for them there's to like a it. lot of Trump, <laughs> Trump lovers back there but but you know uh, I wanted my dad to laugh that's the truth one you know because he loved Bob Hope and man he, he was a single father when, uh, when he was 22 I was four my sister was three my brother was one and then he would work and he worked at a factory that made industrial knives and uh and uh, i love knives these are big <laughs> knives that uh, i keep knives under all yeah. the surfaces of in my apartment every under every sur- surface i have a knife velcro but what kind of knife oh all sorts of knives it well, could be kind? uh kitchen knives pocket knives throwing knives I did you knives. throw up? Do you practice with those? I cannot throw a knife very well. Well, then no. you should practice. I Make should. it a thing. You're right. You should get good at it. Mm-hmm. You should know what kind of knife and get the, get your uh, knife motion down. If you're going to protect yourself, you know how to protect yourself. That's right. We, yeah, we, right. I'm just where I'm from, right now. we know how to freaking You can throw a knife? You always, well, you always got to look about where you are. And it's no offense to you guys, but you're saying, you got to, in the back of your mind, you're like, what if the shit hit the fan and I have to kill these two guys? Mm-hmm. Just in a, like, oh, it's I not going to happen. Oh, I thought about that the second you walked in. How can I kill Tom <laughs> yeah, Arnold? Yeah. How would you do it? Uh, okay, take that cord. The yeah, right cord? You'd be dead. Unfortunately, it's a time $15 you got it, cord, but I would be willing to ruin it. Yeah, but you, you, by the time you got, you'd be dead by that time that happened. And, uh, <laughs> and so you, your best bet would be to bring one of those knives and just, You're, you know... I'm going to tell you this. The knife, the guy on the kill floor uh, that had the best job, the most important job, you know, there's a lot of knives, by the way, to Uh be paid with. A lot of very sharp knives. That's why you can't have a fist fight in there. No. Because people would You don't bring a fist fight to a knife fight. Well, let me tell you something. The the sticker, that thin, long knife. Because as as the hog comes in and gets hung up by his back hoof upside down, the sticker sticks him right here. And and if a sticker, if I was here and I had that knife and I went to hug you and I stabbed you in your carotid artery, it's over. You wouldn't even know it. You'd start bleeding and we'd hug and then I'd look at you and you'd go, (laughs) something's up. And you'd look at your shirt, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm dying. Here's, so what, you don't know. So. You, here's what you don't know about me. I have. I was born with this natural intuition. Mm-hmm. I'd see it coming a mile away. Oh, that's cool. I, I believe s- in that. I, I believe see. in that. So what I'm saying is you have to get along with people. And if you're going to fight, <laughs> you got to do it behind the union hall. It's got to mm-hmm. be organized. And, uh, you know, I'm Jewish. I worked at a pork processing plant for three years. My grandpa worked there 50 years. 
And when you're from a small town and there's four Jews. Is that against the religion to work in the pork no, industry? No, it's not. As long against, as you don't need it. It's, uh, it's, it's, what we, it's how you survive. Uh, uh, you got to. It's a very. It's a reform. Jew. I eat bacon, so I'm I not, eat bacon every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a religious Jew. No, I'm not a religious Jew. Yeah. But you know I what? I saw a video of you and your son eating bacon. We eat, that he made. Son, we eat bacon. Yeah. My daughter, real bacon. You know what uh, goes around, comes around, and is my philosophy of Judaism. And, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean philosophy? I, I didn't know that was a Jewish philosophy. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> my, I had a, a, a stepson. That uh, when he was studying for his uh, bar mitzvah back in the day, uh, you know, at the university synagogue, uh, Rabbi Alan Freely, I, I went up and refreshed myself because I'd, I'd, I'd moved to Los Angeles, Roseanne's uh, son. And I said, I'm going to refresh, you know, because in Iowa you learn some things. And at the end he said, hey, uh, what is what is Judaism mean to you? And I said, uh, what goes around comes around. He goes, that's it. <laughs> the so I, said that I would have said that day one, and then I would have had to <clears throat> refresh myself. But yeah, that's it. <clears throat> that makes sense. That was uh, so. Uh, you know, it's, 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 Boggs here asked me a lot of questions. Are you Boggs? Yeah, Sasha, about Judaism. That you know, if you want to spend time with her, you may be able to ask them. But I answer them, or I research them, and I have very smart friends and. Israel, etc., that are on the internet on Twitter, they will a- they answer a lot of questions. Did you do birthright, or was that after your time? I did not. It's after. Uh, you got to do it. Have you been to Israel? I have been to Israel. Okay, you've been. So you did but your here, own birthright. Well, let me say something <laughs> about Israel. And I got to say this: um, th- you got to go to Israel three times. There's three. Israels. I've only been once. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's hear the other two. You go. You go when you're a child with. Your parents, you know, and I've been there a few a few times with, you know, you do these USO tour shows and you go to Afghanistan or Iraq, then you have to change your passport and discreetly go in as a different in Israel. That's a, you know, uh, you know, because you know when you also with there's places you go when you don't. I have a star of David oh, tattoo, wow. and it, there's places. It's so Jewish and anti-Jewish all at the <laughs> same know, time. There's places you go, and then you can promote movies. And, <laughs> okay, you go with it as a child. The parents said, "There's that, there the the birthright, whatever <laughs> that experience." Then you go as a single person. And you have a lot of sex. That's so what I did. Of, okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. I had consensual make-out that's sessions. That's I actually didn't have any sex. People don't realize time. how fun. Let's say you're doing what you did or you're uh-huh. promoting a movie. or you're, <laughs> Let me see. It is the fun most. I mean, I'm telling you, but it's better than Europe. Like, people go, I'm going to... I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to backpack. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to beat. Well, you know what the cool thing about Israel? They have so much. You know how America gets made fun of for American pride? Israeli pride is worse than American pride. Oh, yes. They think they are the best at everything. So if you go to Israel and tell a girl, oh, in America, all the girls just are free about sex. They go, no, 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 we're more free <laughs> yeah, about really sex. Like, they are so proud about it. They, this is the best beach in the world. Really, like, yeah, it's cool. It's a beach. No, this is the best one. Like everything they do <laughs> well, is the best, according we, to them. We, we yeah. have a, I have a lot of Israelis in my life because my security guys and all this. And you can see that mm-hmm. as she meets them and says anything, uh, 
you know, they're very intimidated if something is better. It's just that they're like, you know, no, 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 we're... Can no, you no, feel we're that Israelis. We're tra- our karate is better than exactly. America. We're tougher. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sure you're tough, but you don't yeah. need to you say You can't even mention something. They close their eyes and they like, no, 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 no. no. What I have is the best. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, but then Jesus they, Christ. You can kind of manipulate them. I noticed you've been, I have these guys that are these ex-Basad guys. So legitimately, <laughs> this one guy in particular, he's such a uh, great, he's my, the head of this, he does... Yeah, why do you need someone? You just said you had a security well, team. I think if someone you, after you? Well, We've, no. so far you've talked about killing me and Marco. <laughs> your well, Israeli security, yeah. t- your Israeli security. Yeah, I used team. to kill six thousand. What's going on? Well, I mean, if you have to, I don't. No, I think uh, I think you. Generally, once in a while, you. I don't. I don't. Is Trump uh, after you? Twice. Trump is yeah. a fucking coward. He <laughs> threatens people. You know, I'd love to. You know, I did. He did send the Secret Service to my house. You know, I've known him thirty-five years. He's a coward. But he did. When was the last time you talked to him? Uh, before probably two thousand twelve. I don't know. He called the house. Now, did you? You obviously. But he said this. Okay, listen, yeah. I tweeted something about. You know, he was up in uh, Montana. This Greg uh, Giante or some congressman. Big guy though had taken this little uh, journalist, a small guy, and, fuck, and body slapped him, and uh, you know assaulted him, and and then he got in trouble, and and then Trump was up there afterwards peacocking on stage like, hey man, I'd like to body slam somebody, and Trump is, you know he was on my sports show a lot, and I and I did go to the Playboy Mansion with him, and uh, and I always said, well, but I wasn't the creepy guy, but I was. Because I was going to Playboy Mansion with my buddy to visit his new girlfriend, knowing his wife was there. So I was creepy. But I wasn't the creepiest of the two of You're us. Right. Yeah. No, so, uh, but, but you know, he's up there peacock. By the way, Trump is in the WWE but that Hall means, of Fame. Um, but that means you, you like fucking. You should be able to wrestle. But in this moment, when you go into the Playboy Mansion and hanging out with him, that means you must have liked him at this point. Well, I thought he, first of all, he just done the show, and he's like, you want would you go over there? Do you want to meet Karen McDougal? Who's, uh, and you're like, sure, sure. I'm like, yeah, because he done the show. Sounds very inviting. You Sounds know. nice. Like well, I mean, like you, someone does you, does your show. You like, uh, we appreciate it, right? But you know, I never, uh, and I went to the my uh, wife and I at the time went to the Elton John pediatric AIDS Oscar thing with him and Melania. You can see pictures of that, mm-hmm. and uh, but I, I did. I was never like we, you know, Roseanne. And I filmed a HBO special late '80s at the Trump uh, Castle, and, but I would never call him. Got and it. I also would never do the fucking Celebrity Apprentice. So you were friendly, you just weren't friends. Like, when yeah. you see each other, it was cool. He did your show, mm-hmm. you went with him a few places, but you weren't like, hey, how are you? Just I rode with him and you. his, uh, what's his name, over there, and, and, uh, and then I kind of peeled off. I wasn't a big, I liked Hugh Hefner a lot, and I'd go watch movies there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I uh, I did Drake, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I did it to party with the Playmates. I never had sex with the playmates. What? Not no, even once. No. Damn. He was no. always married. I, well, oh, that's right. Well, I, yeah. But I, there were times I wasn't married. Uh, but but you know I was that was that the relationship. And he was, you know, he said oddball. But and uh, he's fine doing that, doing whatever Donald Trump thinks. But when he started the birther stuff about Obama, that was a that was a big problem for me. So yeah. So just was politically that, is where you. Is where you really well being so guy. racist <laughs> about our you know because Obama and I have a lot of common you know Barack Obama is from you know his he's, his he spent a lot of time in Kansas 
from his his grandpa looks exactly like my grandpa. It's a fact. And if you're different, are you saying you're related? Well, let, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> if you're different at all from a small farming community, mm-hmm. like I didn't have a mom, and he is black, or Barack Obama, I don't know if you know that, and he spent a lot of time in Kansas as well, so his grandpa, who looks just like my grandpa, probably had to get in a lot of fucking fights to defend him. And so his, when, I, when you hear his story, and I heard it, this Davis Guggen, and I made this short doc for the 2008 uh, convention, I was like, oh my God. He is me. So you, you feel you so, feel a kinship with Barack yeah, Obama. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and enough. no matter what your politics, uh-huh. he's a great American success story. That oh man. yeah, and he's uh he's such an amazing public speaker. He has a great sense. But of he humor. went to fucking yeah. Harvard or something. He grew up in there, in there and and there's a story about him uh, uh, watching a going to the Kennedy Space Center with his grandpa. And he's on his grandpa's shoulders and. You know, just like, uh, you know, I love my grandpa so much. And and so then this guy, Donald Trump, gets on TV in 2011, whatever. And he's like, okay, it's no good. <laughs> he shouldn't be hey, he's not president you, anymore. Hey, regard, your point about yeah. Obama, uh, doesn't matter what your politics are, is an amazing American success story. Yeah. You could say the same thing about Donald Trump. No, no, hold on. Yeah. Well, but, it, but, but, but. You could say it, but it's bullshit. Okay, you can say it that his dad only gave him four hundred million dollars. Barack Obama didn't have a dad, right? In this country, true. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but Barack Obama didn't get it by going, "Hey, uh, I'm going to lie it. on this." He didn't buy it. Yeah. And and uh, for for Donald Trump to get on TV and go. Guess what? He wasn't born here. I demand. I'm a fucking white, rich man. I demand to see the first black president's birth certificate. If they did that to a Jew, what the fuck? Well, we do have a president. If they, if somebody gets on TV and said three years after they're elected, I need to see their fucking birth certificate. How do you think that'll go down? Not good. Okay. Yeah. But you're, but, but you just, <laughs> you're just like, but you know what? Donald Trump, good success story. Bullshit. He should have been disqualified from running for president right there. People, us, all of the his Jewish donors, me, you, we should have said, I did, by the way. That stop. That is the race. Yeah, and I him mean, and his wife. It shows such what a bubble I live in because when I saw him running for president, I literally thought it was a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no, that's that's funny that he's doing mm-hmm. that. Like, haha, that's pretty but crazy. What, it was, thing, but it's look like how the same serious to Kanye it is. running. Yeah, it yeah. was the same thing but for me. But it's bullying, that, and we allowed it. And then to, to you know, just imagine, you know, black kids and black, finally, what, the, what this country has been through, the way that, it, that you say, well, Civil rights, it's all equal now because we changed the laws. But all these powerful white men, you know, rich, and now he's on TV saying that about the president, and then people joined in. The first African American president, they're joining in. Imagine how Barack Obama's children, and then, and then Donald Trump's children, are on fucking TV. And then the Republican Party, they, they let him get the debates. And then he's up there. He, he And then all these... Uh, and that is fucking ridiculous. That is cruel and bullying. And we're I, the rest of America's like, that's fine. No, it's, <laughs> it's not enter- fine. It's entertaining. No, it's not okay. It goes with this all this bullshit that's been going on from... From day one, from this Jim Crow, like, you're less than me. We can do this. You know what? We can get away with this. We can get away with this bullshit. And it's not okay. 
and it would be okay today because things things are have changed out. It's also guess what else is entertaining? I can put Clorox up my ass <laughs> to treat this thing, except it's dangerous. Right. And 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 if you and I don't want my children to think that that's. You know, the, we could do better in this country. I agree. I agree. I think we need to, although... But but I challenged him to wrestle. I said, I will body slam you. And he sends the Secret Service to my fucking house. Now, they, these guys are shell-shocked. Whoa, Secret Service came to your house? Yes. That's awesome. Now, they're like, fuck. I can't, their supervisor called me. I can't believe I have to do this, but we have to have an appointment with you. I have it all on tape. It's hilarious. So I said, you guys are here. They were big fans. I, feel, I know. I feel, you feel, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you every one of my fight stories. And then I'm going to ask you, first of all, I said, have you ever like warned him he's going to incite violence? They're like 50 times. This is two days before the Pittsburgh synagogue massacre. And the day before they caught Caesar Sack, the, uh, the MAGA bomber who was sending uh, pie bombs to everybody's house. But these 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 guys are gentlemen. Uh, there's an African American kid and a big uh, white kid, and these guys are the these guys are who gets hurt if there's violence. The Secret sure. Service officers, the ones that have COVID now because they have to follow dipshit <laughs> to Tulsa. But you know, I have so much respect for them. They did a security uh, check of my house. They did they coordinated with the local FBI people here the the, the West LAPD who. Who does my house is a fortress. Uh, I do get a lot of threats. They're bullshit. Now, do you get a lot of threats because you're so vocal about politics and Trump, or why do you get so many? I don't why think. Do you get I don't think it's political. Or just because Trump. you're a public figure. Well, like, you get a lot of uh, fake. They're fake. Uh, you get a lot of bots, threats. You get a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Trump people and Trump himself. They. They're. He's a paper tiger. He's. A, he threatens. He threatens all these women. To say. That he he raped them, even the credible or sexually assaulted. He doesn't sue any of them. He's like, I will do this by this date. It's like his thing is, I will forget Obamacare, cancel it. I will have a new health care plan by in thirty days. He never does anything, um, including suing people, including threatening. So early on, I was like, I don't care. He he scares people by threatening them. So do his people. So do all these people. I don't care. This is too important. All of this, mm -hmm. and but you know you just check out your. But I have zero fear of him or anyone else that threatens me. That's good. I have fear of my ex-wife, <laughs> and it's for real. Like that's a real threat, and her fucking lawyers just again and again and again because she has sent the cops again and, and again. That's a real fear. The people you know. My mom called the cops to me once because I uh, was I was 12 years old and I got really upset and I said I'm gonna kill all of you and my family <laughs> and she called the cops. She did over. the right thing. Yeah, because once is like, yeah, and that you remember that that was the right thing to do. <laughs> but it didn't scare me. It just made me. I don't know. I don't know. It was just like, oh, great. Now I have to go talk to the cop. It was like when the Secret Service came to talk to you. That's what it was, her calling the cops on me. Really? Yeah. yeah I, bet, I bet. But you remember that, don't you? I remember it because she's so crazy. She did it to try and teach me a lesson. She didn't think I was going to kill her or the family. I was a little kid, angry and upset, yelling bullshit. Yeah. But anyways, I don't want to get but, into but, my problems. But that is a little... Uh, yeah, that is uh, that is crazy, your mom. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I can't even imagine. 
And then the cop pulls me. He, I sit in the cop car with That's him. That's a fucking carrot. Where did you guys live? In San, San Diego, really nice neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. what the Jewish fuck? That's the thing about my ex-wife. She's like, this fight we got to a judge. I was like, do you think that the... The Brentwood Police Department is, is your personal security exactly. detail. It was like you're wasting police resources oh on a 12-year-old son who's angry. So he sits. I sit next to the cop, and he, he pulls me into the cop car, and he goes, your mom's pretty crazy, huh? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, let's just sit in here a couple minutes. We'll go back inside, and you'll say you learned your lesson. I'm like, sounds good. Yeah. So that's how that went down. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That is yeah. crazy. I can't even imagine in a tub Iowa if a parent <laughs> called the cop. First of all, the cops... Would they, they they had authority to beat the shit out of you where I'm from? That's not even a joke. My I'm surprised mom, he even came to the house. He's, uh, if if I was a cop and I answered the phone and a lady was like, "My 12 year old son just threatened me. Can you please come talk to him?" I'd be like, "Ma'am, uh, this sounds like uh, maybe go see family therapy. I'm not sure what to tell you, but this is not a police phone call. That here's I a better get. call. A 12 year old kid called. My dad just threatened to kill me. The cop be like, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, then they'd yeah, be like, yeah, right fuck over. that. No, yeah. they'd be like, but the when I was young, my, my mom's seventh husband was the chief of police. Oh, runs in the Delver. family. Oh, my God. It's a, runs in the family. Like <laughs> but I'm also the other side, the single dad part. Like, I'm a good... It does. It's fair. You know, she was an alcoholic, and she did, but she left, you know, early on. You know, that does. That is a... You know, that is always a fear. You want to be... You want to be aware of that. But, uh, uh, how's the how's single dad working out for you? Uh, I, I imagine it, you do. Okay. You know, it's the thing that's most important to me. You is know, it I, draining? Is it, it tiring? Is, it is a lot at work. You know, it's uh, but it is. You know, there's been times because it's uh, where I went a bit of bed. The kids are they're there, and, and uh, Sasha will tell you. You know, they have great bedrooms that I that they never. Do they have they, a car they, bed? No, they have a Murphy bed. Oh, that's pretty oh, yeah. cool. Murphy beds are awesome. But they still are in my bed. My son is very big. And oh, so I he know loves that you. He's a daddy's ready. boy. What's that? He's a daddy's boy. He loves you. Well, they both, uh, They both. I hope, do. But they, but one day they will be in their own bedrooms. You know, because Quinn will sleep in there occasionally with Sasha. Yeah, so you, you let them sleep with you in the bed. You're not like, hey. You're ten years old. Time to sleep in your own he's bed. He's seven. He's only seven. So seven. Well, you know, it's it's. Uh, I don't I, know what the right age is to get. Well, I've what encouraged. Would you say? It. I be. Yeah. I got their beautiful. I designed. My son has an elf bed, and my daughter. I mean, I know there'll be a day, and then uh-huh. I'll be probably sad. And yeah, uh, it's like true. the day that I did my my they, my son didn't have walk him up to the class door, and he just ran, and yeah. and I was like. Oh, because he didn't want to be seen you dropping him off? Well, he of just, it wasn't that. He just could do it himself. Got it. And it was like very, and it's always like, hey, you got to be able to do this yourself. I said over and over. And he's like, dad, I got it. And they just did it. And then I had to pull the car over when I got to the street. Because you were so, so sad. Yeah. Wow. That's sweet. And That's now he runs. We get out. We have a little game. And how are you going to react when he makes an OnlyFans as he gets older? <laughs> when he does what? Do you know what OnlyFans is? Uh, is that what, what? OnlyFans is like a site where uh, it's mostly women, but they make a site and they post naked pictures of themselves on it, and they sell the pictures for money. That's the, what the young people well, do these days. What do you think of that? I'll, if, I'll if, sign you up so you can oh take a look at it. When your when your son makes an OnlyFans, how are you going to react? <laughs> what would you, as a parent, let's say he's eighteen? But he's an adult. He's eighteen. He says, "Dad, I made an OnlyFans. I take naked pictures of my body. People pay me five dollars a month to see them." Um, I, 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 I would, 
That would I would not let that happen. I would not have <laughs> any laws I'm alive. I just wouldn't let either. Even if, if uh, I'm pretty liberal, you know, you get there on yeah. TikTok. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, but I just wouldn't let. There's some things I just wouldn't let either of them do. Say absolutely not. I wouldn't let Sasha do it if she was doing well, it. Well, before I came to work for you, I was starting to take pictures of my feet because I was going to sell those online. You haven't sold any feet pics. I got this job, yeah. but I should still do it on the side. Yeah, probably. make some extra money. Yeah, I got a crooked toe, so yeah, Is I would have let extra uh, for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, there's a lot of things, uh, but you know, I made. See, I made these kids. I keep telling them mm-hmm. they were one. I, you know, one I don't tell them I, I went jerked jerk off at the doctor's office, but they are one little salad that I saw. Wait, you did it through they, the doctor? It wasn't through sex. Was through sex, uh, especially my daughter. That. My daughters, they, were, <laughs> they haven't seen my their mom and I hug. When I kissed Sasha on her birthday, that's the first time they ever seen. So they were a straight up decision. <clears throat> it wasn't even like, hey, let's have sex and try to have kids. It no, was like, let's go never. to the doctor and we're gonna mm-hmm. put a baby in. You. They cut the doctor cut my scrotum in half and got took my nut out. Wait, that's a vasectomy how got, or is that something else? What no, is that? like like it wasn't. It was a last ditch effort. And last, I'd done 23 in vitros with oh, four wives. Wow. It failed. Mm-hmm. And then the last so you have a low one, sperm count. Very. Okay. Like zero. And what do you, point. Th- do you think that's a genetic thing? Or do you, did you use the jacuzzi too much? Why do you think you have a low sperm count? Laptop um, on your lap too often? I don't know. Because you found too. out. How old were you when you found out about your low sperm? Yes, I, I know I found out of college when I went to, because I'd been donating uh, blood and plasma and uh, and I start and I did uh, bone barrel. I'm still a bone barrel donor, and uh, that's a painful. Well, fucking right? painful. I worked at the University of Iowa Hospital School. <clears throat> this is a good story, and uh, <laughs> I used to donate blood at the U of I, and then over at uh, uh, was it Children's, and because you can only donate so much blood and plasma legally, and then uh, you got seven bucks, so I do it both places. I was very lightheaded. I was a terrible student. But Oh, you did past your the, what you were supposed to do. Oh, you did yeah, it twice. I did, I did okay. it each. And it was like, pfft. but I worked at the hospital school with the, with the kids. And <laughs> now, when you this. did this, did you consult any medical person? Hey, I know you're not supposed to, but do you think I'd be no, okay if I did it I twice? Did, you just no, did. absolutely did not. But you come in every day at the, the hospital school, and there'd be a list of things you could do, like medical experiments. Mm-hmm. Like we were reading the, which something I had read about this COVID thing. Uh, <laughs> I signed the paperwork for, like, it's like, please be a part of this research of COVID. Uh, you were here. We're researching COVID. Dot, 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 dot. We kind of opened it up finally. And it, it come through a long time ago. And I think I signed up for it. I think I'm. And then at one point I hadn't read the paperwork, but apparently I had signed it when I was in the hospital. And, uh, and then I stopped and went, uh, something about pay. You know you uh, won't be paid this time. And then something about medical experiments. like, And it was the first time I've ever thought you could be paid for mm-hmm. something like this. Anyway, at the hospital school at the University of Iowa, they, you come in on the board and says, do you want to, we're doing a sleep test or we're doing... Uh, we want to give you this drug we're experimenting on, or whatever. And uh, and and what and, and one day they said we're looking for some bone marrow for whatever. And I said for fifty dollars, I signed it. And, I, and the the nurses who knew me very well, and they and they said, oh, well, I'm doing the bone marrow. Like I do that, make me 
They're like, oh my God, you're a hero. I go, I'm a hero. I know I'm a hero. They hated me. I went in the doctor. I went into the to the room and and uh, and uh, they were being so nice to me. And they'd been, I'd done something there, and they hated me. And suddenly they were so nice. There's and I was like, this is weird. Oh, they go, you really are a hero, Tom Arnold. I go, wow. I go, well, you don't want to help out anyway. I can, you know, the blood and plasma. Now this. Fifty dollars and and uh and uh oh they they said uh, uh, loosen your belt I was like oh my god this is gonna get really good oh and you want to help out take off your I pants. thought they were gonna yeah. take blood for the bone marrow and the doctor comes in and the nurses do this and he's like they listen my pad they swabbed out here in my hip he comes in he turns around he's got a corkscrew uh like like on the farm uh-huh. of cork corkscrew needle and he turns around he goes listen. I could dub. I could give you a topical dub, none that. But this is, this is gonna hurt. It's still gonna hurt like a mother. And uh, he, I'm like at that moment, I I didn't realize they took the bone barrel from the hip. That's, uh, this is back in 1980 yeah. or whatever. And they knew it. These two nurses right here. I would never have signed up. Sure, knowing <laughs> and that, knowing that, and. And I thought I, I could run out of here, then I'll I'd never come back to the University of Iowa, or I could just suck this up. And it was incredibly painful. Yeah. But that's how they got, and that's how they figure out what my bone barrel is like for future. But that was me being arrogant, like, oh yeah, I'm amazing. And mm-hmm. so anyway, it's that, then, then there was sperm, uh, uh, thirty five dollars, and I, who who wouldn't donate sperm? So my right. five roommates, I went down, and then they but they rejected it because there was no, there was like three. I do. I do at that age. No you sperm. Try, you tried to sell your sperm. Yeah. They're like you have bad sperm, and you're bad like, sperm. okay. And then you yeah, have, you're I, like, no condoms. Sweet. No. Co- no. Yeah. Of course. And yeah. at bar time for you know, for my, my, I would be like, hey, I I can't. There's nothing bad that would happen from sex with me, except maybe a staph infection. Like, or, but for <laughs> real, like, but then I turned thirty and I wanted to. Yeah, I really wanted a family. Sure. So then it became a a thing, and I told oh, told every wife. Don't do a vitro because that would put pressure on your body for real. Get a sperm donor, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, like, I live that sort of shack. This is a true story. And he had a lot of, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Like, fucking his I'd babies. I reviewed uh, the new shacaroni pizza from Papa I would John's. Have a, I would have a, a, a shack baby. In a have second. you tried the chacaroni pizza? Uh, is that a real thing? Yeah, from I will Papa have John's. Was that, oh, that what he's talking about? <laughs> yeah, he, they're really they're really trying to keep Papa John's yeah. going. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Papa John, hundred percent. That yeah. fucker is a, just a he's a that fucker he's a lunatic. But Shaq's great. Shaq's a Shaq, it's a, Shaq needs a commercial. He just he's doesn't going. have enough. Does he's he? He's got a big. He's a nice guy in the world. Let me tell you. So nice. you know, uh, I want to do a top. There's top whatever. And uh, I have a great option at the end of, but everyone I wanted to try uh, in vitro, and uh, like six times Rosanna failed. It was so much pressure, seven with the next wife, seven with the next wife, and it's so. And then uh, adoption, which I'm all for. You are a big fan. You say of adoption, adoption, but you don't like adopting people mm-hmm. or believe in it. No. You know what I believe? Why not? <laughs> I want my own kids. Oh, yeah. just for yourself. I thought you meant you were against adoption <laughs> yes, in general. Like, I think kids should stay in the orphanages. And Ab- well, that too. Yes, that's my second okay. thought. I think they're all, I think it's, there's a, you know, and I tell my kids, my kids are like, how did we get here? Like you and Bob, because they see other, I go, here's the deal. 
You're up in heaven. They go, is there heaven? I go, yeah. Is there hell? No. I said, no, we're Jewish. There's no hell. I said, listen, up in heaven. And like my whole life, I, I had to do this thing. I was born in uh, Tumble, Iowa, and I wanted you guys. I thought about you guys. And then your mom was born over here later on, and then she wanted you guys. And then somehow we connected, and then you guys came, and you came first. And then, and then uh, we want, all three of us wanted you, Jackson. <clears throat> it's all love. And I showed the video of their births. And going, and they, they watched themselves being, coming out of their mom's. Body cut, cutting, cutting. Uh, the, but you know the the C section. They watched that, mm -hmm. and were they like freaked out or no? No, Sounds because I, I had, they quid. They had so many questions, mm -hmm. and after Bob moved out, we're like, let's just watch the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this will answer everything. Yeah, wow. I mean, I I said I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly. I'm gonna show you exactly what happened. And I show love. I show. I tried to. I showed the, some of the Making wedding love video. or just. Well, if I'd that. had something like that, but I showed the wedding video, and there's no kissing in our wedding. Video. I was like, what? Why Why not? I couldn't find any. It, was it wasn't weird. COVID times then. Why and I think her and her family went on the beach and took the wedding pictures just them, which makes sense. But you know, it was very important. I kept the mom's pictures up in the house, and you know, like, uh, and I have a lot of pictures of the mom as a kid. I think that was important. And that was important for me because that made me not angry. Just that her nonsense and thought, I kept thinking, yeah, she was a kid once, you know? Mm -hmm. She was a kid. And you know what her problem was? She didn't have me as a dad. I kept thinking that. She that could have. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I did show, I go, went to hospital. I, I didn't get show graphically, but I showed from my point of view and I said, because uh, she was like, now I was in Bob's vagina. I said, no, no, you started out in dad's scrotum. <laughs> I just want you to know, you started with me. I made you. Yeah, Remember. I made you. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. A lot, of people, someone, a lot of people, <clears throat> that's an unbrought up point. A lot of women say, well, we have to give birth. Mm -hmm. But it's like they don't realize how hard it is for us to conjure up semen. And you're, right. you're well, proof of it's, that. Uh, and, you know, there, with my daughter, there was difficulty. And uh, I, by the way, I'm there. I'm right there because I have birthed a, uh, many horses and many ca many calves. You know, growing up on a farm, and uh, I and sometimes things go sideways. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. You got to be ready to help out. And we had great doctors, but the second birth, even though it's coming out of her belly, they had a little trouble reaching into getting my uh, daughter, and they had to get a second. She kind of motioned over, and a second nurse came in and had to put a knee in her in my ex-wife's shoulder. Now she doesn't know what's going on because there's a curtain between her head. Right. You know, it's sort of like a guillotine and a magician. Jesus. Yeah, which I wish it had been. I'm no, I'm kidding. She doesn't see because yeah. she has no feeling in her. Right. She doesn't know, know what's going on down which there. Which turns out to be the fact. But so, but I'm like ready. I tell the doctor before we get in, man, just because you will do that. First of all. You will do anything for the people you love, mm -hmm. including pull them out of your ex-wife's, move the whatever t tissue and take your daughter out of there yourself and cut the cord yourself. You will do that. You're not going to let... If there's trouble, you're like, I will do this my fucking self. Let, you will. Of course you will. Let instinct and God take over. Right. You'll give them a yeah. chance. But if you see those numbers dropping and there's trouble, of course you will. That's your daughter in there, mm -hmm. and you'll save the mother's life, for God's sakes, because you you have you'll always love her for that a sort sort of love. You have a love for that woman in that moment, and because we're men, we're natural born heroes. 
Well, it's not heroes. We're just men. We're just fathers. Yeah. That's your daughter. You're a father. I'll save any damsel that needs saving. You'll save any what? Any damsel. Just any anyone that do you needs have saving. a girlfriend? If you have a boy, boyfriend, what do you have? I have had a girlfriend in my life. Currently, yeah. uh, I'm you know I'm looking. Yeah, searching. is your mother alive? Yes, <laughs> yes. She <laughs> you talk to her every day? Not every day. Maybe uh, once a week. Yeah. Or so she's she's doing good. We're getting along better than when she called the cops on me. We're yeah, doing, we're doing better. Have you seen the Gary Shavling stuff that uh, Judd put together about his life? And the documentary, he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I liked it a lot. His relationship with his mother, is yours similar or are you distant? I think it's worse. There's no it's way. <laughs> There's no way. It's, your, it's not worse now, but at one point it was worse. Is your father alive? Yeah, they're still together. My dad yeah. and I get along very well. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and how's his relationship with your mother? Somehow he puts up with her. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's yeah, good. he well, loves her. They yeah. they sleep in the same bed still. They yeah. travel the world you think together. They have sex. It's a good question. I bet they are. What's I think while? yeah, one maybe once in a while. Yeah, I, I can't be every night. Yeah, or maybe even that, every that week, thing that she called the cops when you're twelve was just a bad day for her. Maybe yeah. it's just uh, people have bad days. That's they have true. bad weeks. Hey, you know, I f- I forgive her. I'm gonna say it right now. Well, you. I well, forgive you. you well, of course you do. That's very I'm big thinking. of you. Thank you. Jesus Christ! Do you have uh, any brothers or sisters? I have two younger brothers. Uh, one's uh, 25 years old. He's my next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> one is 20 years old. Goes to University of Denver. Oh, he does. Recently came out of the closet yeah. as a homosexual. Is he a wrestler? Not, no, not they have a wrestler. Good, they yeah, have good he wrestlers is. up there. They have good really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, he's not a wrestler. He recently took up snowboarding. Yeah. And did you know he was gay before? I had no idea. Yeah. No idea whatsoever. And I told him, I said, hey, you're obviously not my favorite brother anymore, mm-hmm. but you're still my brother. Were you scared, were you at, were you scared <laughs> for him? Uh, no, my dad was scared for him and said, I'm worried that he'll get bullied and, right, and right, stuff like that. But I live in L.A. and it's so, you know, gay here. I live in West Hollywood, <laughs> so I wasn't scared. But, but but where he lives, are you scared that people are going to be beat to him? I don't think. I think society is a lot more receptive to gays than when mm-hmm. I was younger and I'm sure when you were younger. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, if you came out of the closet as gay, you would get teased mm-hmm. and made fun of for sure, mm-hmm. for but sure. There, but there's still people that do it. It's I'm sure there brother, still is, but it's a lot brother. less. Yeah. yeah, but you got to look out for them. Yeah, and I yeah. would. Okay. I would. I would kick any. And your whole family supported him right from day one. We're all supportive. And your mom and, and your and dad, dad was. Yeah, they're still. They mm-hmm. still hang out all the time. In fact, I'd say we are closer now than ever before. Mm-hmm. That's good. So it's good. Mm-hmm. I have a couple questions for you. This inter- yeah. this has gone all over Does the place. Does your brother have a gun? I have a gun. I'm mm-hmm. the only one in my family who's a gun owner. Yep. I have several okay. guns in my okay. apartment. I have a shot, a 12 gauge shotgun, a revolver, mm-hmm. as well as a Glock. Yeah, a 12 gauge. Yeah. You have those knives around. I have knives. I love okay. weapons. I'm like, if you go into my apartment, mm-hmm. it would be any 13 year old boy's mm-hmm. dream apartment. But know how to use them. If you have weapons, know how to use every one of those. I know the at least okay. the basics of it. Okay. Um, and I, I I don't know what your stance is on guns, but my I just, stance is if know how to use them. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I grew up in Iowa. What do you think? How many guns do you think? That's but, right. Know how to operate them. Yes, sir. The only time I ever actually loaded the gun and took, because normally I keep it locked above my bed, mm-hmm. but the only time I unlocked it, kept it next to my bed loaded, mm-hmm. was during all the the riots and the looting. 
Yeah. Because they yeah. passed right by my apartment That's every right. day. So I just, I was like, this is the closest I'm ever going to get to someone breaking into my That's apartment. That's right. Now, what did I say when you uh, came in? We came into that house. How did I say we have to prepare the house? I told Sasha, I said, we got to get this place security prepared. We were like the Rodney King riots. Because I said. And this was like months said, before anything happened. Things I was are like, going to happen in this crazy. country. Uh, uh, the, the, with the economy, this before I said because COVID was happening, and people are going to be upset, and people of color are going to be upset, rightfully so. Uh, Trump is going to fuck this thing up. We are not that far away. Things are going to happen, and people are going to be hungry, and uh, just we need to just prepare the house, the security of the house. And, and uh, it's so, smart. You can yep. never be too prepared. That's right. I, I just bought a Ford E three fifty white uh, van, mm-hmm. what you'd call a rate van or mm-hmm. a cargo van, and I'm I converting it, it to. I would a, call it a rate van. Okay, good. Me neither. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm converting it to a camper right now. Oh, that's a and, good idea. Uh, I like first, that idea. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And the first thing I noticed was this cool compartment. I'm like, that would be a great secret gun compartment. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so good. I'm idea. getting. I'm getting. Just it make red. sure that uh, that somebody else can't get to that. Right, and they steal it. Uh, that you're, it's involved right, in exactly. a crime, and you'll feel totally. It. And you know, if there's eight children around, you know, want to make sure everything is locked down. One hundred percent locked up. That's how I feel about things. Ammo, separate mm-hmm. container. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. One. If they're used to, if they're used to protect yourself, and uh, you know, but uh, uh, it, you know, if it's a hobby, be be you got to be thoughtful, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hundred percent agree. You so your dream was to get on stand-up as a TV. When you went to the college, did you do stand-up in college like your, your plan was? I and did. Then, so what was your first forte into TV when you moved to L.A.? Um, well, before I moved to L.A., I came out. I met Rosanna in 1983 right when I moved from Iowa to Minneapolis because mm-hmm. they had five clubs there, mm-hmm. you know. And she came from Denver. Uh, where she'd had terrible sex with a guy who turned out to be late uh, gay, your brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, she was a Denver comic. She wasn't famous like nationally or anything. And she and was, we hit a, it off. Uh, was she a headliner at this point? Yeah, she was a headliner. Uh-huh. I was her middle act okay. at the comedy gallery, Scott Hanson's comedy gallery. And he was like, I'm going to bring someone in. I know you guys are going to hit it off. Her name is Rose Ambar. And we did. And we hit it off. And we were fast friends. And we partied together a lot, and then she asked me to write her jokes. And then 1985, she went on the Tonight Show, on Johnny Carson, which mm-hmm. people, Sasha would, might not remember, but that was it was the shit. That was As a, a stand up comedian, that was the shit. There wasn't 20 was, shows. That was getting on Joe Rogan experience. Getting on Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, that was the equivalent of that. Oh, Joe Rogan experience. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. But even cooler, maybe. Yes. Yes. Much cooler than getting but, on the Joe Rogan me, experience. That's to you. Please to, don't to, to a do young that. comic. To oh. a young comic, getting on Joe Rogan experience is right now the top thing you can do for your career uh, experience. It's what it's to me. In my opinion, in my opinion, that's what every young comic strives to do more than Conan, more than any late night show. That's now. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean. Did, did you? Could you go on the Joe Rogan Experience once, and the next day get a sitcom where you're guaranteed to make a hundred and fifty million dollars? No, no, but it's the closest thing to that that currently exists. Well, there's it's a huge more... drop off then. <laughs> yes, it fucking it goes right off the cliff. <laughs> Joe Rogan yeah. would admit that. 
I agree. No, I agree. It's Maybe. not the same. It's not the same, but it's the closest thing we have now because now there's no interview show or late night set you could do on TV where you could get that anymore. You can't go to you can't go to Montreal and get a development deal. You can't do a set on Conan or Seth Meyers or any of these late night shows and something like that to to happen. But you can go on Joe Rogan and get a hundred thousand followers and become a headliner instantaneously. Okay. And that, okay. Anyway. Let me just say before the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Before Joe Rogan was this shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Johnny Carson. Uh, Johnny, yeah. She went on Johnny Carson in 1985, did a couple of jokes I'd written. That I was back in Minneapolis watching. Huge deal. Seinfeld, those guys, one of Johnny Carson was killed. Ellen, he brings him over, sits him on the couch. He sat you on the couch. It was big deal. They tell some more jokes. They get a sitcom. Everybody gets a sitcom. Bam. You know, Seinfeld's made $2 billion for a sitcom. He is insanely rich. Okay. If you go on Joe Rogan, <laughs> you have 100,000 followers. I regret bringing Joe and, Rogan and up, but I'm just saying it's cool. Of, no, no. Joe Rogan is very, he's very cool. And, uh, um, but no, he is, he's, he is cool. So and, you um, went with Roseanne to, sh- to shoot so Carson. does Joey Diaz have... I love Joe. Joey Diaz is on my show, the best dance sports show too. I love him. Uh, is he? Does he? Uh, does he get that from? Is he on Joe's show? So, so I would argue that Joey Diaz, who's an amazing comedian, I'm not uh, yeah. diminishing in he any way. He was very good on best dance sports uh, show. And he was he's great on everything. Yeah. I'm a huge fan, and I'm not diminishing him anyway. But no, I, I would don't. argue I like him a lot. that him going on Joe Rogan a bunch of times is why he is the giant success that that Joey Diaz is currently. Well, I would argue that he is a... It's Joe Rogan is lucky to have him on the show. He is authentic and It goes both ways. It goes both yeah. ways. But Joe Rogan gave him the platform to build the fan base that he has now. I'm sure. Obviously, probably. he's gotten fans in other ways from yeah. his stand-up, from Best Dance Sports Show, from all these other but things. But all his life. He's from his life, a, yeah. He's so good. Like Anthony, uh, Andrew Santino. Mm-hmm. Good who, friend of mine. Yeah, uh, I did a, a series with him. I did. It. He's awesome. He goes on Joe Rogan too. So mm-hmm. you, they have quality people on the show. Who else 100%. is on Joe Rogan? Everybody. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, that they have. They have that's good. Uh, good quality. Show. But he also gets like scientists. He gets like he just sure, across just the board. Yeah, yeah. Like that's why he's like the Messiah, mostly to men, mm-hmm. because he he's talks like about what. Oh, sorry. The, he's the, Jesus, the Jewish Fuck thing. Fuck a Joe Rogan. Let's Unless you talk Jesus. to What's the girl who just bashed him on Twitter? <gasps> uh, who would The dare? girl from that witch show. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, shit. Forget her name. Some hot girl from some CW show just bashed Joe Rogan. Wait a minute. So, well, that, now I'm on, She'll I'm never on, work now again. Alyssa Milano. Side. That's who it was. Alyssa Milano. Hold on. I bashed Joe you Rogan. Just, you well, just did it again. Now, Why'd you do that? <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't care. I like Alyssa Milano. She... I know you. She's our neighbor. Uh, she's very. I love her actually. Listen, she you know, picked she, the wrong fight. Is all I'm saying. Well, what? What? No. He's I love charm. He has a great fight. That's yeah. That's the thing. She she was her tweet said. It is amazing that I live in a world where Joe Rogan's podcast gets three times the listeners that mine does, and the response oh, right and there. the average response was. Go, uh, no one remembers you except for Charmed or th- uh, three times that's laughable it's more like a hundred times well uh, those are oh. all three <laughs> hilarious those are hilarious comebacks and uh, did she really say that yeah she tweeted basically it's, uh, is she working with Joe now because that sounds like they're in cahoots no. I'll tell you what you say this 
And then, uh, That's a good idea. That would, it's a see, great idea. If that happened, it would be cool. They'll have you on the show. They're yeah, probably yeah. buddies. That'd be, that I want to see her on the that show. Is after the that is the stupidest thing to say. Of course, she'd be great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call. Buy me to call Joe Rogan. I want to go on a show. Oh, that'd you be know, awesome. he's a little. He's politically different. I think he remains pretty neutral. He's not, you know, he's not gonna sit I know, on. There. I know you do. Yeah. Okay. He's not. He's not like you. He's not gonna, you know, go on there and bash. He's guns not a patriot. Or, he's not, not a fucking American. <laughs> he doesn't have any balls to stand up for his goddamn country. Yeah. What? I'm gonna edit this what? out because I want to see you on Joe what? Rogan. What? <laughs> no, I mean it. You know, uh, you know, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's a tough. He is a tough. Uh, he's a. What is he, MMA or UFC? He, yeah, Who he, gives a fuck about that? This is go time <laughs> for our country. This is time. You're in or you're out. You're a good guy or you're a bad guy. You know, can't you, you be got in the balls middle? or can't you, you don't be in have the balls. middle? No, can't you, you can't be, be in the middle. I'll tell you guy? what. That get you, everybody can't be Switzerland. Right. If everybody is Switzerland, all the Jews would be dead. That's yeah, a fact. Good point. Yeah, good and point. everybody else would be too. Yeah. So, Joe Rogan, if you're fucking Switzerland, that, then fuck you. For real. <laughs> hey, can you be in the middle? Guess what? All the no. Jews would be dead. In fact, if you're, if you're the badass you say you are, we need you. Otherwise, fuck off. And I mean that. Quote me on that. I love it. I love Fucking it. Alyssa Milano has three times the balls Joe she Rogan does. She definitely speaks her and mind. And I mean that. She speaks her mind. No, no. She has three times the balls Joe Rogan does. Alyssa. And Elon Musk. You don't like Fuck Elon, Elon Musk? Musk? Well, he's a pussy. I'm moving my company to I Texas. love Elon Musk. Oh, good. Well, he's a brilliant guy. But I love you, too. I love I his rockets. Who, who I love stop. his rockets. Yeah. But fucking, <laughs> you know... Move to fucking Texas. California is fucking he awesome. He might move. Yeah. Well, they're all moving. Him yeah, and Joe. They're, I, they're, yeah. For tax reasons, I understand. But, I think taxes is part of it, and I think part of it is they're just tired of all the drama. Yeah. Well, guess what? Well, well uh, are they tired of the drama? They get on board with fucking get rid of Trump. <laughs> Trump is a monster. But that's out of their control. No, you. It's out. No, really. It's not. It's out of your control to go every day. I'm going to speak up. That's what we do in a democracy. Being a anyway. Fuck up. So back to your stand-up career. Fuck uh. it. Yeah, I'm the biggest voice since Johnny Carson, and I'm going to say nothing. What was the okay? Fir- that's why you put that up. Put that clip out. It'll go Joe out. Rogan. I, Good. Think, I, I want it out. I think it's going out. It's out of my control at this point. I'm not going to put it out. Someone else will. Good. Oh, listen. No, don't. you don't have to put it out. All right. I'll put That's it out. all we do. Uh, if you want. Yeah, I do want. I can also edit it out if you want. Put it out. Okay. It's going That's out. That's why I, you know. Fucking right. Wait, maybe anyway. after we text him. What are your thoughts on no, it? Should, put it? Should we out. put it out or edit <laughs> yes, it out? Yes, put it the fuck. Do what you, do you think, think I give a shit? Don't ask me. Don't you dare. Put it the fuck out. What? <laughs> He's putting it out. He's I'm putting, putting it, it out right now. I'm putting it out. It's going. I think I'm afraid. I, of, I don't think you're afraid of anything. I yeah. definitely no, don't. No, definitely not. Yeah, I do not. This is a go. This is about go time. I don't. I hope you realize that we're all. You know, I mean, not even you're making me think twice. I might not vote for Trump now. <laughs> I, I, I mean that. I think, I think I'm, I'm on your bump side. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think I'm switching my vote. I think it's going old man Biden. He is old. He's old. He's an old fucking white man. Probably lost a step. Definitely. <laughs> But he's better. <laughs> he's a better, better of the alternative. Than Trump. Yeah, he's a better. But he cares. He's a lesser. He's a good evils. human being. He's a good man. He's he's uh, he's been through a lot. He has compassion. 
He's a uh, don't he's say a he lost his step. What's that? Don't say he lost his step. We're trying to. Well, every old man's lost. He's he has though. When you're seventy eight or whatever, yeah. you've lost a step. I know that. You know, senile. You know, <laughs> you know but I'll tell you what, he's going to have a hell of a vice president. He's way better. Trump is out of his his mind, and he's an old school racist. You know, he's that old school like. I love black people. They just, there's some things they're better at. You know, Michael Cohen is I agree with Trump's that. lawyer for 10 years, and he would always tell me, he's that old school, you know, systemic racist. Like, hey, I love black people, but there are just some things they are better at than right. others. Like, you know, we heard it from our fucking grandpas. Right. right? I mean, yeah, it's old school everybody racism. heard it growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, Trump does have that. I agree with you. Of course he has it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, again, Michael Cohen spent 10 years in the office with him, and and he has it. He says it out loud now. Mm -hmm. And and uh, again, I've I heard it from people in my family, and I still do. And I have a lot of my family. A couple of my brothers are Trump supporters, and they just genuinely believe that. Now let me ask you something. So, you're, a couple of your brothers are Trump supporters, and mm -hmm. you're obviously passionately not. Mm -hmm. Are you still cool with your brothers? Can you put that aside and still? meet up and have a family gathering or are you so passionate where you're like fuck them I, if you support Trump I hate you and I'm never I don't hate it. you but I, I make it clear they, right. you know there's a lot of teasing back and forth got it so you're, but you're still a family you can still meet up and, ha and have a family dinner when, when, <laughs> well there's always been a lot of the family dinners on the best days have always been just a lot of shit going down. A lot of fighting. Yeah, well, that's yeah, how my family is too. Brothers. I cannot go on a family vacation anymore. My no. family this year went to Japan, offered me a free trip to Japan mm. to go with them. I was like, I'm done with family vacations. Wow. Yeah. I'm too old. We don't get along. That's I don't want to go to Japan and hate being in Japan. Mm -hmm. That's not what, how I want to go to Japan. Yeah. So I'm Good Sasha has been privy to just the, the what brother organizes these family things. What is it on Facebook where Facebook people start Messenger out, group. Jesus. And then my one brother organized starts putting pictures from back in the day and he puts offensive But they all shit on each other and it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's everybody does bad. And then my other brother he starts putting up his Trump stuff and then we start but it's all like nobody is nothing is sacred, I'll tell you that. Yeah. There's That's good. filthy That's what you want. Yeah, I know. There's no uh and then uh, some people get really offended and other people you know, my sister was in prison for twenty years. For what? What'd for she, do? she was the meth queen of uh America. You could Google, awesome. Google her name, yeah. I mean, it's not awesome, but you that's, know, that's a, interesting. And, and, uh, and then yeah. her son, who we raised, has never had a drink or done drugs, but he's got some... She learned from... He's a giant. He learned from her mistakes. Well, he uh, certainly... Uh, you know, his dad died in prison in Fort Leavenworth, and then she married another guy in between her two terms, and he's in prison now. I didn't realize your family was so fucked up. Well, yeah, I mean, as I said, my mom was married seven times and my dad raised us, so that's, uh, you know, but my sister was a gangster and, uh, you know, they're, we're going back to Iowa because they did a Discovery Channel's doing a documentary. I guess all things considering, you're actually a normal guy. Well, I am uh, very grateful to be uh, where I am, you know, emotionally, mentally sober. I'm sober. Congratulations. Mentally, yeah. I love being a dad. You know, I love it, and I love. I'm grateful to have the life. I'm grateful to be here in this shithole talking to you. 
you know. It's you all know. this shithole's all I can afford, sir. No, it's very, uh, it's great, it's great. You. you know, thank you. You guys are welcome you know? to record your podcast here anytime if you need. Oh, a, if you need, do, if you need it? a location outside of well, your we apartment, build, we got our thing. Apart- we got yeah, our but house, maybe you have know? like a big guest that doesn't want to come to the back house. You need an office location in Hollywood. Oh. You got one now. Oh, okay. But um. I have a question that yeah. my brother wanted me to ask you. My brother yeah. is a big Which fan. Which one, the middle brother or the little brother? Middle brother, good question. Uh, <laughs> he is a big fan of Best Damn Sports Show. Oh, I love that show. And yeah, I think it's a great show, one of your, your best uh, bodies of work. I, mm-hmm. I mean that. And I, I'm curious to know how that came about because, to me, uh, you know, before that show... You're an actor. You don't have a real sports background. You have a comedy background. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, there's color commentary with sports. But how did that show come about? Where you became a host of the best well, sports show? Well, that's a good question because that was one of the lucky best things I did. I was at a NFL uh, charity thing, um, and uh, uh, the, a, a producer for Fox Sports came up and said, "Listen, we're, we want to try this show. We've got a football guy." Uh, a baseball guy and uh, a basketball guy. We want to have a comedian. And uh, we like to do this daily show on Fox Sports. And we want to try, would you like to try it? And I, and I said, uh, well, who's who are the guys? And I remember he said, John Cruck was the baseball guy. And I see John Cruck on Letterman. And he was very funny. And, uh, and uh, uh, I said, well, uh, I said, who's the football guy? He said, Deacon Jones. And, uh, and the basketball guy was was John Sally, and then the host was this uh, guy named uh, Chris Rose. Uh, and I said, "Well, I like those guys." And uh, John Sally's my my neighbor, and but John Crock, man, he was very funny. And, and I said, "Let's let's try it. I think it'll be let's try it for a week. Let's go. Well, let's go ahead and try one. And I think it will probably last a week. And then uh, they didn't know how to pay me. I said, "Well." My agent said, well, here's this fee for sitcoms. And they said, okay, which is a lot for a sports show. Right. Like a, yeah, for a daily talk show. It's sort of a reality. Right. Like a, yeah. For an unscripted daily talk yeah. show to get a sitcom rate yeah. sounds incredible. And yeah. so that uh, it was great fun. And it was on. I did that for four years at that like that. And it was uh, we did the crazy stuff because it really wasn't. We were on 19 lo- regional networks. Not a, mm-hmm. Fox Sports 1 did not exist. Oh, okay. They tried to get it. And so who knew what we were going to be on TV, but we did amazing things. I love sports. I'm a huge sport fan. I got to meet my idols. I'd sit with them. We had so many laughs. We, the guys, we so inappropriate. <laughs> got to do... Got to visit my sister in prison with the show. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, we off, off the top, uh, Croc uh, didn't want to fly. You know, right after 9 11, he, he, he went back to back home and he was driving across America. We said, let's make something out of that. He stopped in a tub, Iowa, where I'm from. My old Little League coach had died. We made him go to the service <laughs> and, and, and to, to view the body, and we filmed him. He's so creeped out. He doesn't like anything like that. We made him stop. And the other guys I played baseball with, they were so like, uh, my, oh, my God. And they dressed up my old coach in his uniform in the casket. And they were so impressed that John Crockett there. I, I did a lot of, and my brothers in Iowa set it all up, like making really uncomfortable for Crockett. <laughs> and we filmed it, and uh, oh my god, we did all kinds of. And the and fight, like, the fake fight—that's my favorite. Oh, uh, uh, Michael Michael Strahan, 
who started with us too. You know, Michael Strahan, he's got all these shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they did, you know, producer, producers are dumb, right? They mean well. But I, I, I kept, co- after I left the show, I kept coming back. They go, in 2006, they go, we got a really good police, we got a great April Fool's idea. Now, you're a comic. You're cut. They're all bad ideas for April Fools. <laughs> they got dumb ideas. They go. I'm not gonna do it because it's April Fools' Day. Everybody, everybody will know it's a joke. I'm coming back on the show, and they go. Can, can I tell it to you? I go. Yeah, but it's gonna be stupid. That's how I started yeah. every day in the production meeting. You're like, can I tell you my jokes? Suck. I go. Yeah. They're gonna suck. <laughs> that sucks. And I would say that. And, and when I with the the writer who's a very nice guy would start telling me the jokes you want to tell. I would say, you suck. I'm going to punch you. And my, our rehearsals played all over the lot at Fox. And wherever Fox affiliates were, and they, I remember the ones the executive producer came and I goes, you're going to get all of us fired because it's playing not only here, but wherever the studios are around the world or New York, they get, they're watching you go, I'm going to beat, if I think read another shit joke, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, Jerry Parsegian. Because oh, I was getting mad. Great. The jokes are so bad. Yeah. This back in the day when you could, you know, threaten people's lives, and uh, so <laughs> so uh, so they go. Here's the deal: you've just written a new book. We're gonna bo- <laughs> we've mocked up the book. It looks real. You come on, and in this book, you trash talk everybody from the show and all these famous athletes <laughs> who came on the show, and you tell me like locker room stuff, like really inappropriate yeah. stuff. And Rodney Pete was uh, one of the hosts that day. Rodney Pete played at USC, who I knew very well. And uh, a guy named Rob Dibble, who's uh, this pitcher from Cincinnati, crazy person. And then Michael Strahan, who I knew very well because he's a New York giant. And I know he since he was a That sounds like a good prank to me. Yeah. And then Chris Rose knows it, the host. Uh So he's going to... Cut it off at a certain point. Have you made those guys mad and uncomfortable? Tell, you're going to be proud of your book. Tell these inside stories, and they're going to get mad. And then Chris Rose is going to go, okay, well, here's the real story. That was an April Fool's joke. So I go, okay, I'll do it. Then I call Michael Strand and go, listen to this shit. They <laughs> want me to do I need you to do this with me. They, no, you are, you are, they, don't, they want me to pull a joke on you and Dib, Dibble. And uh, Rodney, but here's the joke they want me. And he goes, okay, here's what I need you to do. I want you to listen and to get better, a little better, and keep it tight. And then at one point, I want you to turn to me like, you. I'm going to say something so real and shitty. You turn to me, and then I'm going to poke you. I'm going to get really pissed at you and get in your face. And then you turn to me, and we start fight, like fighting. You have to throw me down like physical. And then it's on, and... Before Chris Rose stops it, he'll be sitting next to you. Don't let him stop down the show and say anything. I'll be keep my eye on him. Dibble and uh, Rodney Peter will be on this side. We'll freak out, and then we'll get in a physical f- fight. Feel free to hit me, do whatever. That'll be the joke. Uh-huh. And so that's what happened on the air. We're live on the air. And I, I'm saying I can see these two. Rodney Pete's a very nice gentleman. Holly Robinson Pete's wife. And Rob Dibble, I said, whatever. <laughs> By the way, they weigh about 300 pounds now. Uh-huh. They've gained so much weight. <laughs> so I'm looking at them, and I'm kind of telling stories about inside the locker room, and they're like, yeah, that's, that seems like it's something you wouldn't tell publicly because you heard that story here if they shared that. And they're getting a little pissed at my book. And I'm telling all these things about John Sally, who's not there. They're actually really real stories because I couldn't <laughs> think. And then I start talking about the Giants locker room. My buddy Steve Tish owns the Giants. And uh, he was my third best man. And all I could think of were real stories. 
And I'm like, yeah, remember Tiki Barber? You know, this happened. And so I turned to Strand, and Strand's getting mad, really bad. He's like, well, you know what? That is that is inappropriate. You, know, I shared that in confidence. He left the team, and then this happened. He turns to me and goes, you know what? It's a bullshit. I'll tell you what. You're full of it. You said this. And I turned to him, and he's acting so good. I see Chris Rose like, and then he's acting so good that I finally realized Chris going to stop showing. I jam my f- finger into Michael Strahan's face, and he flips around and, and flips my chair back. But then I get on top of Michael Strahan, and these two fat bastards jump on me. <laughs> One cracks one of my ribs. And then Michael, who's just recovered from pec surgery, is just about to go back on the Giants. He pretends he's torn his pec. And the director goes, he goes, go to black. Arnold has finally killed the show. That's a Friday night. And the people on the, on the East Coast freak out the Giants. And then he jumps up and goes, uh, April Fool's over, <laughs> but nobody sees that. Right, it's all off air. <laughs> it's all off air. They cut it. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, they have freaked out. Oh my god! They are god. so bad. They're like, "How could you do that to us?" I go, "How could you ask us to play a dumb joke?" That's an April Fool's. So they play it every year. It's the best because they genuinely. And then I had to come back on Monday. They had to do a. They had to call the the Giants freak out. They had to do a whole presser. They had to do wow. a whole a whole but thing. But that was probably it, great for ratings. It was well, if yeah, I mean. <laughs> Because people watched it again and again. Yeah, and people yeah. still play it. And Strand still every year, Strand's like retweets. He goes, This is the best. Because it, it was real. Like Chris Rose, I see him panicking and how bad these had they when they got a, the, it, you know, they got a, they those fat bastards got on me. Like, you know, because all these I'm going to go watch that now it's for so sure. Funny. 100%. Yeah, it's so but, awkward. I, but I can't, I'll tell you this. They didn't know. Stray had knew, and you see how good of an actor he is. And Chris Rose is the nicest guy, the host. Mm-hmm. I love him. We just had a reunion with a hundred members of that, that show, and I can see he's getting nervous. I go, and I realize I gotta get. I gotta Do it before he cuts out. Stray head. Yeah. yeah, that's but, awesome. You know, April Fool's jokes. <laughs> people that think they're comedians and aren't. Right, of course. They're the worst people. Oh my god! Yeah. People who give you notes on jokes who have never told the joke yeah. in their life. But like, I love sports. Are you guys a sports family? Uh, I love sports too, but I don't follow them closely anymore. Yeah. To be honest, I guess University yeah. of Denver hockey is more their. They they, play, yeah, they're not yeah. a big sports college. Yeah. I, I, I'm a banana slug. Uh, UC Santa Cruz. They have a good tennis team, oh, yeah, but yeah, they yeah, weren't, yeah. They weren't yeah. big sports college yeah. either. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I I what did you sports. major in? Film, film and digital. Oh, that's media. good. That's yeah. good. I didn't want to go to college. I was pressured to go by my family. So I went. I think it's good. I think it's solid. I think it's solid. I think it's solid to have to accomplish something like that. Yeah, I'm glad I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, I have another career question for you. Mm -hmm. So you've done so much. You your IMDb is stacked with Mm -hmm. credit after credit Mm -hmm. after credit after credit. I imagine that. It gets jaded for you after a while, and and probably you get offers from your agent, and you're like, sure, I'll mm-hmm. do it, but you don't even really care about it. What's some mm-hmm. the thing in your career where you were so stoked to do, so mm-hmm. excited, where you're like, hell yeah, I got to do this? Oh, there's been a lot of things, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I, and I made it. I made it a point the last few years to go. I need to. I need to appreciate this because I think there was a long time where I was like, God, and I would do stuff. Yeah, and it felt and like I work. just like fuck, you yeah. know. Uh, and I think working is good, mm-hmm. and I do want to work, and I do want to pay the bills. And I think, uh, you know, I think it, when it's also not about, gosh, I wish I would have appreciated this or that, you know, because you have to live in the, you know, I, I've seen movies where I'm like, I've forgotten I was, 
I had done that. I forgot this and watching it with my kids, especially, uh, that was fun. And my my daughter, she'll even be at, at her mom's house and say, "Daddy, do you remember this?" And I'll, and I'll I'll FaceTime with her the whole movie. She'll be at her mom's couch sometime and and uh, watch, you know. And I'm thinking, "Where's your mom?" <laughs> but but it's fun and, and the way she sees things because kids are like. Oh my God! Did your head really blow off? These are movies I, I think are terrible to me, ridiculous. Like Cat Fred Three, but she loves it because she's a little kid. Now, uh, I remember being like on the set, going, "Fuck, this is just bullshit." But you know, seeing it, it's all this has made me reconsider things. Like, you know, a little bit uh, uh, grateful to be there. There has been. Uh, I was pretty excited to do. I was very grateful to be in, in True Lies. Oh yeah, that was a great. Yeah, one. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, but you know, nine months. And, uh, 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 when was you were fun. doing True Lies, did you realize it was going to be the big movie that it was? No. Yeah. No. That's I was just. Cool. I was just fun to do. You yeah. Know. I was like, oh, I, I was surprised. I was. I didn't really have to. I sort of auditioned. I didn't mm-hmm. know the. Lines. I thought. I thought my agent called and said, "I got you a, a meeting with J- with James Cameron for True Lies." And I I, I know that he heard there, that Roseanne and I were leaving William Morris. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I I said, "Yeah, that you set up a mercy meeting, didn't you?" Because that's that's what an agent will call a director that a last ditch effort. Yeah, so like a director said, "Do yeah. me a favor." The Arnolds are leaving the agency. Please yeah. just meet him, please. And uh, a lot of directors will do that. Uh-huh. James Cameron won't, it turns out. But I'm like, that's embarrassing. But he I'm gave not you an audition meet. instead. Well, I wasn't going to meet with him because I don't want to waste his time. Yeah. I'm like, that's I'm not doing that. But then I thought, well, I'm going to go there and meet James Cameron. Sure. So I can say I met Matt James, James Cameron, Cameron, right? Yeah. And then we just we talked. And I went there and talked to him a little bit. He was very cool. Seemed like a you know, working class, down-to-earth guy. And then he's here. He's like, uh, uh, "Well, why uh, you, uh, let's do the scene?" I go, "I, I, I would be honest. I didn't even, I, I didn't even, uh, I didn't really. I read it, but it's great. I was like, say, but I didn't learn. I, I just knew I wasn't gonna get the part." He goes, "Well, just while you're here, read it. Here it is. Do this. Read the scene off these pages." And I did. And he's like, um, I, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get Arnold out here, so I'm gonna see if we, well, you guys do it together." Then Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger walked down the stairs. I was like, "Fuck, that is wow. that's Arnold." And by now, I thought Jim and I were more friends. Like, I didn't think it was mm-hmm. gonna be the movie. I like, I said, uh, "I could take him." Like, I met it for real. Like, I would size him up. And, and then later, James Cameron said, "That's why I cast you." Because you said I could take him. him up. Like, yeah, yeah. And I believe that for sure. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. That's hilarious. James Cameron, though, at the time, I would I would say no. You know, he's six three, very raw boned, and I've seen him mad. So you thought you could take Arnold, but not James Cameron. Well, James Cameron yeah. would be a handful. You, so that means you think James Cameron could take Arnold? Yeah, wow. at that time, I don't at know. That time. Well, I'd seen him uh, very mad. I don't know. Uh, it'd be a hell of a deal. Wow, it'd be a hell I'll, of a deal. I would, yeah, I'd pay hundred fifty bucks to watch that. Yeah, hell of a deal. I, I saw, I saw it almost. Uh, Go down. Oh, they got in some onset fights. Well, I saw some one scuffle. man. I've never seen both. Bad. You got to both be bad at the same time, right. don't you? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, here's uh, one other question, or not one other question, but a question. So you've done so much again. What was the one opportunity 
that you blew? Was there an, an audition that you royally fucked up or sometime where you pissed someone off where you're like, damn, I screwed that up. That would have been so cool. Oh, I, I, I've never felt really good at it audition where mm-hmm. I went oh my god I'm, I'm amazing because I really it's an art auditioning mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever because I went from okay you, I want you to do this job to kind of oh can I get this audition or I, um, I'll tell you something that happened this guy named Matthew Weider great writer mm-hmm. he did uh, uh, Mad Men and he's done a bunch of shows a bunch of TV shows very great Writer and and you know a good guy, I'm sure very good guy whatever, and uh, you know he told me one time, uh, you know uh, Tom, you know you really were a important person in my life because he had uh, lost, was it the Emmys or the uh, the uh, uh, Gold Gloves or something, and he was outside on a curb uh, like weeping, and I went up to him and sat with him on the curb and said some things that inspired him and. It really changed his life. And he told me this. And I said, yeah. He said, boy, I'd like to, you know, I, I said, uh, I'd like to work with you sometime. And, and so Mad Men was ending their run. Mm-hmm. And this guy's created a bunch of great shows. And I said, he said, uh, I'd like to find something for you. And I said, okay. So somehow my, my uh, uh, agent or something got this little part of a comedian on a, a, a scene or two in Mad Men. Comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, come down to the place they auditioned everybody for Mad Men. Mm-hmm. If you think this place is shithole, down there, downtown. I was like, okay, done. Go in there, and I walk in there. Some of the best, finest actors I've ever seen in my life sitting on the floor and actresses sitting around this place. No water. It's, it's hot. And they kind of come one at a time slowly in to meet Matthew Weiner, Matt Weiner, and get do a seat, and it's, you know, I'm like, how do these? Any, I would cast every single one of these people. There must be, I don't know what's happening here, but it better be big. They better, you know, it better be a new show. Uh, you know, uh, Stanley Kubrick must be in that room <laughs> and putting. And so, I get in there, and he's like, hey, and I do the, the I scene. do the seat at a uh, little seat. He's like, yeah, that doesn't. Uh, the joke, you know, the 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 punchline. Uh, I go, well, yeah, pretty good. The punch, the comedian part. I'm like, well, that's a, that's you know, that's actually the part I'm uh, good at because I'm a comedian. And uh, anyway, whatever ends up happening, um, it's the easiest thing. It might be one or two lines mm-hmm. as a comedian, and uh, and and, uh, it, and and let me tell you something. If somebody was as important to my life as I allegedly was to this fucking dude, I would say, hey, I, I've written you something on The Rosette Show or The Jackie Tom right. Show. Right. Don't and come listen, on Listen, that in. was an important fucking show, The Rosette Show. Sure, I cared about huge. that show. And it was a huge show. Especially if they're a comic. I've written you the comic. I'm going to, you know... But I wouldn't say, I want you to come down. And read. And sit in a fucking hole. And all these people. One guy's wife had broken her leg. That's the way not they, a hookup. A great actor, by the way, who should have had the, all these parts. Mm-hmm. And he had to miss taking her to the hospital. He was so worried about, I don't know if it was the same part of the comic, 
but have a little fucking respect for actors. And so I wrote him an email, and I had, uh, you know, and I wrote one of my single space space emails. You see those? Tell him your Fell feelings. The fuck off! I said, listen. Did man, you respond? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm sure it's the last. But listen, I just wanted to say something for. Me and every other person sitting on the floor of that stanky shit old thing. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, I've had that a couple times, but uh, that is ridiculous. Well, it's like it's one thing throwing an actor a bone as far as uh, getting them an audition or whatever. But, uh, you know, a seasoned veteran, head writer of... Roseanne, host of Best Damn Sports Show, someone with a full-blown career who is so important to you to say, hey, I, I want to work with you and then get you some audition. It's like, come on. No, and, not- and it's not just, it was a, the, a comic in a scene. Right, a comic. And I, yeah. have, I have killed with James Cameron, Stephen Frears. Right. Fucking yeah, exactly. great. You're accomplished. Fucking yeah. better, uh, maybe better directors than him Chris Columbus at least at least up there with him at the least yeah, I think Stephen Frears uh, is uh, I don't know uh, I don't even know who, who this guy I, if, like I, I've seen the show Mad Men but I don't okay. I'm not uh, familiar super familiar with that whole world or know who he is but that's a good story uh, Oliver you. Stone cast me in a movie uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese. I told, told my worst story is Oliver Stone fired me and Martin Scorsese in the same week. I was I'd been already in rehearsals uh-huh. for a pre, uh, what is it uh, any any given Sunday, and uh, he did it by me as a sportscaster. This is right before I got the sports show, and uh, but I loved it. I've been down there with Al Pacino and all these guys, and then he had to write me an apology letter. Which it was so and pay me, but I was like, yeah, I'm really, I'm really not sad because the sportscaster of that really didn't, you know, um, it's not a big deal. I like Jim Caviezel and uh, I liked rehearsing with those guys, but and then I was uh, uh, Martin Scorsese had cast me alongside uh, Nicholas Cage and Bringing Out the Dead, mm-hmm. the ambulance driver guys, and I've been in New York rehearsing and. And then Martin Scorsese came up and he said, listen, I, you got the part, obviously, and you earned it. But uh, the guy that I originally wanted, who was unavailable, just became available. It's your role. It's, it's, there's no pressure. It's your choice. And, uh, but he just became available. And, uh, and uh, I said, who is it? And he said, John Goodman. And I said, well, then, then it should be his part. And wow! So you gave up. it up? Yes. And just because you wanted, why? Yeah, why did you make that choice? <laughs> because I felt like it's like, hey, uh, you know, I remember I was in high school and uh, my girlfriend had broke up with me, and then she's like, it was right before the prom, and she's like, yeah, but you know, fuck, I'll still go to the prom with you, and I'm like, fuck that. Oh God! It's like why'd you? You shouldn't why have said you anything. Why would you tell me that? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you should. If, yeah, then just say I could have. Then say, hey, I don't got say the part. Anything. Yeah, don't say anything. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Don't. That's about the. Yeah, why'd you? Yeah, why'd you? Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> right? He yeah. just brings it back to respect mm-hmm. and. 
self-respect. I think now I'd go, hey, fuck Goodman. I'm better. I'll show you <laughs> <laughs> For real, like, you know. Or say, why'd you say, why'd you say anything then if I have the part? It's my choice. Why not mm-hmm. just give me the part? Mm-hmm. Or I, uh, my agent should have protected me from that. That too. Mm-hmm. But maybe they didn't know. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. they know. True. Uh, do you still do stand-up? I do. You I do. do. Okay. I can't wait to do more. Right, Sasha? Yeah. We're, we're I'm doing do a tour a, uh, for our podcast. I'm, do- I'm doing a, at the comedy store tonight, they're having stand-up on the patio where you go up and do comedy behind a window and the audience is on oh the outside. Oh, my God. Like the red light district. Yes, like the red light district. The glory hole. I'm doing, I'm doing, I am a Amsterdam prostitute tonight. Really? At You're the so comedy lucky. store doing stand-up. Yeah. You ever been there, Amsterdam? You ever no. had sex with Amsterdam? She went to the, I wish. the place of Robin Holiday or something. Is that your place? The brothel with the glory holes? Yeah. I never went there. I drove past Wait, it. What, Wait, what is this place? It's on Venice. It's in LA? Yeah. In, it's a current brothel? Uh, when I was a kid, I'd come out here every summer and we would drive past it and we'd talk about the glory holes, but I don't think it's there anymore. Wow. There's a place down by the airport, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I went there with Chris Farley once. And, I was going to ask you about Chris yeah, Farley. And he... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was his birthday, but this. And by the way, Oliver Stone was in the place. Already. Surprisingly enough. And you take a shower, and I walk into the. And this, I swear to God, this is true. And uh, they really. They, of course, they asked Chris Farley to take a shower first because he was. You know, that he, you, you look at him, you're like. And Kevin Farley will back me up on this. Take a shower, please. Sir. <laughs> you know, maybe you don't ask everybody, but you definitely would ask Chris. And did they know who he was? Like when he I walked in, was he recognizable? Think so. no. They just thought he was a, a big sweaty guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then, <clears throat> you know, I came out of the uh, the area where uh, you know you go up to pay the with your uh, unmarked credit card, and and Chris had been asked HR, and he took a shower, and he was there's a little sitting area. And the, the seating area included people reading magazines, and Chris was completely naked. Right as you walk in, just uh, sitting there, other guys were in suits. Nobody was naked. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy how much he liked being naked. <laughs> if you think Jax liked it, yeah. everywhere, everywhere he liked being naked. He's <laughs> naked all the time. Anybody that knows... Ham knows how much he enjoyed being naked. Did he have a large uh, penis? Well, he had a large body, so uh, you know. I think uh, I think if you're just scale to bot that. Do you body, think if he wasn't a famous entertainer that was could get naked anywhere, he'd be a streaker or a flasher? Oh, we were all streakers. I, I was arrested naked public duty. I think it's a. Uh, but I when think, you streaked, was we'll, it for fun, like? As yeah, a thing, yeah, or yeah. was it? Dairy. But I mean, uh, would he be kind of like a creepy flasher? No, he would be a creepy no. flasher. He just think for funny. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. funny. What yeah, he yeah. did was funny. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I think when you're uh, when you're over th- when you're three hundred pounds, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are creepy flashers that are three hundred pounds. I'm sure there. Um, <laughs> He was just pure comedy, though. Yeah, 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 he was. But again, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who've seen creepy 300 pound flashers. As mm-hmm. we know, there's a lot of famous men that are creepy. 
that have been uh, Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in yeah, prison. He's overweight because he's a fucking Rated. disgusting pig. Yeah, you know, he jerked you off that plant. Do you have any yeah. experiences with him? With him, yeah, yeah I had uh, two things. I got into two uh, fights with him at the. Uh, he hated my friend David Carr. He called him a fucking asshole. That was a writer for the New York Times. Um, I'm like, what the fuck are you telling me that for? We had it at the. Uh, the Jeffrey Katzenberg Motion Picture Home Fundraiser, where I got to fight this last year before last with Mark Burnett about Trump, an actual fist fight. Like, I'd also gotten into one with Harvey Weinstein, who thought he could come up to me. He goes, Your friend David Carr is an asshole. And, like, out of the blue, like, you don't do that. I'm sitting there. Yeah, you're like, Hello you know, to you, too. Yeah, because he'd written a story about him. In the Sounds New York like Times. you have a good and track then his record. And then Mark Burnett thought he could fucking. Put choke me, like put it, do this, like out of the blue. I'm like, no, because of, of Trump. I had a show called Hump for the Trump Day, so that started oh, a big that, fight. That was pretty recent. Yeah. Wow. He had to tear off his uh, gold fake Jesus chain. Sounds like you have a good track record for getting in fights with bad people. I do have a good track yeah, record. That's pretty. Cool. I have a good track record for winning fights with, with bad, bad people. people. I like that. Undefeated. Uh, Dean Kane. <laughs> Fat Superman from the fucking 90s thought he could do the same thing, like set up a video as I was coming out of Edwin, not Edwin Van, God bless him. Out of uh, Larry King's talk show. And I'm a sweet guy. On the way in, I seen him and said hi and hugged his buddy. His buddy said, I was, I know your second ex uh, brother in law or something, Eric Chapnell. I go, yeah, he's a good guy or his writing partner or something. And then when I came back through the green room, they'd set up a camera so Dean K could confront me for calling him a racist. And because he was, he hung out with Trump at this racist convention where they're anti-LGBTQ rights of these, you know, teen suicide mm-hmm. is a fucking problem. Sure. These young te- trans teens. And, and if you're going to stand up there with Trump at this, you know, he's like, I was just there to promote my movie. Well... They're using you, Superman, to promote. It's a white supremacist play thing anyway. So I criticized. Anyway, he stood up like, hey, man, I, I, what, I, I want you to, uh, how dare you call me a racist and white supremacist on Twitter? I go, what, what, what you, let me see that. He goes, well, it's on. I go, let me see the tweet. I go, well, hey, man. I go, let me see the fucking tweet, man. What are you talking about? It thread through about. I go, let me tell you something. And you see the whole thing, and he put it up, which is stupid. I, those motherfuckers are using you, Dean Cade, Superman. And he put it up there. He's like, yeah, Tom Arnold backed down. Like, I didn't fucking back. First of all, I took my glasses off. You always take your glasses off to fight. So your glasses off here. And if you try to not fight, there's nothing wrong no, with that. No, I don't want to fight. Yeah, that doesn't make you a And then I hugged him at the end. I go, hey, come on, man. I give a big hug where you hug somebody they take their arms away from them yeah he played football at, at uh it doesn't make you a, a pussy dar- to I not want to fight i don't want to fight try and de-escalate I the situation just, yeah and then after that i got a card by post and i'm like that felt good man <laughs> finally i didn't have to fight anybody and then i, I get a call by my uh eric christopher my my manager's like holy f- shit what just happened i go oh no we're just he goes no variety he just released that video and said you backed down from him and I go, what? Did you watch the video? I absolutely did not. So I, I, t- I tweeted, 
Are you kidding? You are, I go, you're a pussy. And then I started the whole thing back up. I go, that's not what happened. <laughs> and you see the video. You're 60 years old. You don't want to be getting in fights. Why did your publicist call you St. Calling? Anyway. My publicist had the car with me. She saw what happened. Yeah. He tweeted that video and said, I just oh, made Tomorrow yeah. back down for yeah. me. That's just a lie. And he cut off the last part of the video, right? Well, he cut off the middle part. Uh, but it's, I don't know what he cut off. I'm sure he cut off part, but I was like, that didn't happen. And I'll turn the car around right now. That's another thing. I will go back there. Well, I got a surprise for you. Dean, come on in. <laughs> oh, good. He knows that. I, I, I do it right now. There's no, I'm not going to bullshit. No, because <laughs> in, in this country at this time, you know, you got to stand up. And, uh, you know, I have a seven-year-old kid, a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Very cute kids. And see them on your cute. social media. And, uh, and when this family. goes down, mm-hmm. and and uh, people are going to say, what did you do? What did you say? Did you know Donald Trump? Yes. Do you know uh, his kids? Yeah. Do you, what did you, you know, he threw him out of the house for a year. Who supported Don Jr.? My, me and my friends for a year. Same thing with Eric. Who looked out for them? Who did the right thing? Did you take the money they offered you to do Celebrity Apprentice? NBC offered me $250,000 to do it. I didn't take that. And this was pre-all this shit. So. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. And so, uh, you know, there's nothing I've said. You know, I had the show, and I had... I didn't do the show. Uh, they, I, You know, uh, Vice said, we like your tweets. We like how, what you're saying. Would you do a show? And I said, yeah. But it has to be real, and I work with great journalists, uh, Jane uh, Mayer and David Cord, Michael Iskoff, and all these great people. I interviewed Jeffrey Epstein's uh, flight attendant. I got the flight manifest before I went to his house. I did all this stuff. I did. I went to the lawyer that represented the Bologna elevator tape here. That sounds exciting. Her. But I did all this stuff, and I sent somebody to interview the prostitute at the at the Ritz Carlton. In Moscow, I stayed at the same hotel where Trump was. Prostitute. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, but you know it's all, and, and then you know is it, and uh, because I care about it's 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 dangerous work. All these people do, they're out there doing this stuff, but it's the right thing. And there's great journalists doing risky stuff because that's what we do in America. And you're sitting back and you're saying, hey, maybe. Maybe these activists or maybe uh, whatever will handle it. Let's see what happens. You know, maybe they'll... Uh, and? It's bullshit. And? And would you want me to add to, to all that? Yeah. And, Sasha? I have to pee. Sasha has to pee. <laughs> <laughs> you get you guys, so mad. Do you guys want to plug your podcast? A little? Yeah, our podcast. Go ahead, Yes, Sasha. our podcast is called Two in the Bush. And you can watch it on YouTube. And please like and subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. And you could catch Sasha doing stand-up. Do you do stand-up? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Any not recently. No, I don't know how to... I'm just getting we hit up for virtual. virtual. Where do you perform? Are you tonight, unaware that the comedy is Yeah, that's the whole Amsterdam thing. Tonight, tonight, baby. Jesus. Yeah. I know, behind you know, the glass. Our podcast is all the reality. And we don't just sit, you know, because Sasha is not a, genuinely not a political person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she hears Michael Cohen call me, who's a Trump lawyer, and she's, she's like, who is that? Is that your friend? You have the worst relationship. He was ready to get out of prison. He called, he's like, Tom. 
Uh, tell, do, do your impression of Michael Cohen and I phone call. Tom, Tom, you have to stop tweeting about me. Every time you tweet about me, it ruins my life. Okay, well, okay. He's like, call me, call me in a month, all right? Okay, no, buddy, Ted, sounds good. You got good. thrown in the hole. <laughs> Trump saw your tweet. And he had Bill Barr throw me in the hole. And I go, for two weeks, I was on my way out of prison. I go, you know what's good? It's how to make you uh, book better. They throw him in the hole and you're like, Wait, Trump hasn't blocked you? Trump hasn't. I'm surprised. uh, Trump is, he follows me. Oh, wow. He follows me. If you read the New York Times, you got to read this stuff. And he follows me. And when I (laughs) I knew, as Michael Cole is coming out of prison, I just wanted to see what would happen. I tweeted, Michael Cohen's coming out, and his new book is fucking awesome about Trump specifically. And what happened is Trump saw that and had him turn back around to prison, which is totally illegal, and put it in the hole. And so then Michael Cohen's like, God damn it, don't tweet at Trump. And I said, I th- I'm a citizen. Oh my God. How is it that he... Wait, he's also acting like you're the reason no, that that's Trump's the funny, exactly like, what he's You would have seen like. it from that's a million other fun- people. Yeah. That's the funniest part. And he's like, I go, listen, why are you... Wait a minute, you're his lawyer for 10 years. I'm a citizen. You're blaming me. You're the asshole. He goes, I don't want to... You're putting a book out about the guy and you want to hide it from and him? And then I go, gonna... I go like this. He goes, just every time. First I met you, I took a... Nice enough to take a selfie. Then this, I go, wait a minute. Nice enough to take a selfie? You've Who been making guy? sure I had a cell phone to call you the whole time you've been in prison. Anthony, every time, because we've been having a cell phone... Normal people, you can't call them in prison. You can't share documents. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I said, uh, because I... I, he's trying to get a lighter sentence. So we've, I've been sharing with the New York State Attorney General and somebody in Congress. And I said, if you didn't want me to talk, if you didn't care, what I, why didn't you have Anthony give me your new cell phone when they caught you with the old one? And he goes, Anthony uh, Scaramucci. I go, that's another thing. There are three Anthony's communicating between you and I in prison, giving us cell phones between each other. That shows me. He goes, well, I just think you're a nice guy. And I like to hear what's going on. But we're sharing documents from prison to outside. That's illegal. Like I've got tried to get. I told him they're like two girls at a sleepover. They keep anyway, getting in I'm fights and then becoming back friends. Too. And he's like, okay, that's right. Listen, uh, call me on the 20th of June. <laughs> All right, man, I love you. He goes, i got a lot to tell you. It begins 20th of June. His probation was up. Then <laughs> they so called him in. And he was just about to do a. TV interview, and he gets called in. We need to check your an- ankle bracelet. And then they presented this thing where we want to redo your whole uh, agreement on the outside. Your friends cannot tweet about you. You can't write a book. He's like, oh, I- it's already done. And they're like, what? Uh, okay, your friends c- cannot tweet about you, which is, how does he, how does... How can anyone control yeah, that? Yeah, and then they... And then they throw back in just because he had a bad attitude. They said <laughs> the judge just got it back out. But how insane! That's crazy. Okay, but you know he's he's been very, you know he's been. But the fact that me, a private citizen, can get to Donald Trump's personal lawyer, his fixer, of ten years, I can walk up to him and say, "You're going to flip on the president." Or I'm going to beat the shit out of you every day. I'm not leaving this hotel. No, I mean, worse to that effect. Mm-hmm. 
and, 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 that happened. and it I, and it happened. Well, yeah. it happened. He said, "I the exact words." I said he needed to say, and went on TV and said, "Michael Cole is going to say this." I went ahead of the time when he did it by a week, but he ended up doing that because it's the right thing. He needed to be a patriot, just like Joe Rogan, and then he did it. And Trump was furious, and then he testified in front of the Congress because Michael Cohen stepped up, and, and now it's time everybody else does. I think they are one by one. It's happening. Yes, uh, most people have. Maybe some people have. Scaramucci, I got most to do it. Everybody that worked uh, the, the group of people under Trump. Yeah, most people have. Most people have, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's and more coming. We got some and big more surprises. We got some big shit going. Uh, down. Last thing before you guys go, yeah. do you need help with anything? Are you guys good? Sasha, do you need help with? Listen, do you want me to fix anything in your uh, lives? I can help our, you. Who's talk. our oh. Harley? Our producer is so. He's asking in general because remember the podcast is about like unlicensed therapy. I could help with your podcast too, but I could also help if you. you really? Could you help me? Yeah, you don't have, have a license. I could help you. I'm really smart. No, you, you helped. You helped us. Okay. We got to scream at you for quite a while. <laughs> Listen, Har- is Harley? You know Harley? No. She's our producer. She's okay. so nice. She said, "Do this." And I realized, <laughs> did we really do it? Uh, you did. We did something today. Yeah. I don't know. It's good we for did. me. It's good for me. You, she, they recommended your your podcast. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, that. Har- okay. And yeah, Harley she's is. very nice. Yes, yes Harley. I wonder if she's gonna be upset with the way I did it. On, oh, well, honest to God, I'm not out. I'm not out here to do anything you don't want to do. So if there's anything, no, it's I great. Send it to, I've enjoyed it. I know. Don't do that. I'm Play just saying. This. No, I'm no, just she saying. has no. Say no, no, don't yeah. be. This is good. It's been good by me. Uh, I like it, but I wonder, like was it funny? No, let's do it. There were funny moments. There were a lot of funny there was moments. Extreme, it was a little scattered, uh, but overall, I think anyone listening is going to enjoy it mm-hmm. this hour and a half of <laughs> whatever it <laughs> sure was. Sure as hell ain't right? boring. Did you enjoy it, Marco? Two hours. Did oh, you enjoy it? The camera? Is there anything anything you want to say or ask? Just Did a quick one. I, I'm a fellow Iowan. Are you where? Yeah. Where from in Iowa? Uh, Madrid. It's in between Des Moines and Ames. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure oh, yeah. Small town, one stoplight. Yeah. So I was at the Rose Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah. And you were on the field. They interviewed you. You were on the Jumbotron. Yeah. The Hawkeyes are slated to play Maryland uh, September 5th. Do you think that'll even happen because COVID's going through these baseball teams? I saw the Rutgers football team had a, a bunch of players get COVID yesterday. Rutgers, shockingly, is in the Big Ted now. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I doubt. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. First of all, we have to talk about that Rose Bowl. Last time I was in the Rose Bowl, when I was in the Rose Bowl, it's a big deal. The Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is huge, yeah. Well, it's really huge for Iowa because we're very loyal people, and we come out, we show up. And we're in the Rose Bowl, we're playing Stanford. And uh, they asked the, they wanted the two people that represented their schools the most to come down on the field and, uh, and say something about the, the school and, uh, for the, be on the Jumbotron there at the, and, and Condoleezza Rice was the person for Stanford. Your favorite. And, well, she, they love her there. She's very, mm-hmm. uh, and she gave an eloquent uh, soliloquy about the, you know, and then I was on the other side of the field and, uh, as soon as uh, there was a break in the action, I was going to say something, and, and they scored, and then they uh, then they scored again, 
and I was standing there. Everybody was aware I was standing. And the lady's like from Fox, like, don't. You're not going to leave her. You go. They'll. They'll be a break. They. They surely they're not going to score again, and, and I think they scored 35 straight points, and wow. it was. It was up, but I. I said something that's pretty. You know, it was. They. She. The lady with the mic was like, "I'm so sorry." I go, "Don't, don't, be sorry." I am not going anywhere because and so many friends. They're you know we're Hawkeye fans. And if it had been, if it hadn't been this awful, it might have been worse. It would have been worse, but it was, it was over. I think you were the highlight of the revolt yes. for Iowa fans. Yeah. It was that bad. I mean, they killed us right off the gate. They killed us! Yeah. What was the running back? The, the McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> he ran right by me twice. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's like he was, oh, and I talked to the team before the game. Thank God. But it was I, I okay. That would I said something like, "We got to ride where we want to park." I was like, "I had no voice." <laughs> and they used that. Then I went up the stands and sat with everybody, and then a lot of the old players, and we had fun. Like it was fun. Still a rose ball, still a football the, game. But no, the Stanford people left because they had such a victory. They don't <laughs> care. The Hawkeyes were hammered, and we all the old players and my old high school coach and people. It was so ridiculous. It was, and I stood sit there and shoo, shoo. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know. It became laughable by the it end was, of the game. Right? We finally get to the Rose Bowl yeah. and we're just waiting because yeah. it's hard to get in the Rose Bowl. Right, really hard. There, and then just the first Pummel. quarter and a half. Yeah. We're down like 28 points. Or yeah, something. we were down by 28. I'm a Padres fan. Seven. I get it. 35 7. No. Well. Oh my God! And I said, "Like, okay, call these right now. It's your. Let's wait one second. See what happens here. Shoo, shoo. Okay, well, let's wait. Wait till I want to eat. Turn over. They run back to zero. Turn over. I mean, it's crazy. There was a pick six. There was a, 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 a kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah. A punt return for a touchdown. It was crazy. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. And Tom's probably waiting over there. Like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay, I just come back for you. She goes, please don't. I go. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, my work. I'm was, watching the. <laughs> it was great. But it made halftime fun because yeah. what were we going to do during halftime? That's true. And I wasn't going to, you know, uh, uh, and my buddy was the president of Fox Sports who, who worked on the Best Head Sports Show, period. He's one of my uh, segment producers. Now he's the president. And uh, so he was texting me. I'm like, he's like, hey, buddy. I'm like, you got to be. This is, I am so happy. It is so bad. <laughs> you know. And the, the young lady that was uh, uh, like, oh, oh, that guy's like, uh, you know. And I kept looking at the stands of the, the Iowa people. They People came out to enjoy themselves. Like, you know, that wasn't like. Yeah. And especially once you know the game's over, yeah. you might as well just enjoy yourself. It was. <laughs> I mean, there's a saying in Iowa, win or lose, we still lose. Yeah, that's uh. true. And the way where the pick six, the puppet, the game, I mean, it was the, boom, they boom, were boom, so boom, fantastic boom. the ways. And it was the, the Rose Bowl, we were losing, like, we've had some hell of Rose Bowl experiences that have not been. You know, back in the 50s, we had some great Rose Bowl. Yeah. was the last one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. But in the 50s, we won some. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. We were so glad to get there. Yeah. And, and it turned over so quick. Oh, my God. It was so fun. 
if they take Condoleezza from Clutter, he's why he's so elegant, all the rich. <laughs> the doctors that save my life at UCLA are all uh, Stanford people. They're all there for this. And they have that, they took all, they, they all have that jumbo screen. They're so funny. And they all, they all came over after uh, this with the stands. They think it's the funniest shit, you know. I'm going to have to rewatch a lot McCafferty of things after stat. this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. he came over. They think it's hilarious. You know, they said, well, we can't get on the jumbo. You could do, we save lives. You can't get on the jumbo trail. It's the funniest, you know. Well, Sasha, Tom. Oh, so funny. Thank you guys for coming in. I admire you both for doing this. It's, uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to, to sit, to, to sit not here. Not really, not really. Well, it does to me. I think you're being modest and humble, but uh, I think you're a, you're a good guy. You're a funny guy. I am. I, am. Uh, I like I like Sasha's your thoughts great, on too. the world. Okay. Sasha's great. Jesus you're both Christ. great. Thank you. God bless you guys, and God bless the United States of America. America. Peace See you guys out. next week. Peace out, babe. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed 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 therapy with Ari Manis. Okay, that was the episode with Tom Arnold. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was longer than normal because, what can I say? Tom got going. We kept it rolling. We kept it recording. I had a lot of questions. If you are a devout unlicensed therapy listener, please leave a five-star review for me on iTunes. Comment below on the YouTube video. Thumbs up. Follow me on Instagram, all the places, that kind of thing. Really helps me and the podcast out. Trying to get it going here. So thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along with me on my journey. And we'll see you guys next time.